Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, you made it to the very first Sunday of a brand new year, and the same God that was faithful in 2020, what a year that was, but he's right here, right now, to meet you in your place of faith and expectation. Why don't we just take a moment and just celebrate God's faith? God's goodness, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is faithful. He cares deeply about you. Hey, guess what? You made it this far. You're going to make it all the way through. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus together. What a great God. What an awesome Savior. What a great grace that's been made available to you. Gosh, it's good to see your faces. Those in the room, can we welcome everybody watching at home online? Now let me talk about the people in the room. These are the real ones. Because the day you had to slide into church, it was messy out there. But you made a priority to keep pursuing, even in the midst of ice and snow and everything else in between. But man, uh, I don't know about your faith. Maybe you limped in here. Uh, You can borrow some of mine today. I wore a bright sweatshirt to remind you of the bright future ahead of you. I got enough faith for the whole room. We're going new places this year. God's going to bless your marriage. God's going to build your life. As we seek Him first, He will take care of all of our needs. He is so faithful. And yes, what a year we've come through, but God is so good at redeeming. God is so good at comebacks. God is so good at resurrection. So let's be believing, contending, and leaning in for all of that. And we're going to kick off. It's the first Sunday of the month, and it's the first Sunday of the year. And we're going to kick it off with communion. We're going to rally around the one that laid his life down for us. And he is still here alive more than ever to resurrect and redeem your life fully. Those watching online, if you'd have a moment, you go grab some elements. Just grab what you have around you. And we're going to receive communion together as we just keep remembering Jesus. So faithful. What an amazing, amazing God we have. God that goes first, saves us first, loves us first, makes grace available first. All we have to do is receive it by faith. Why don't you hold up the bread if you're in the room, even those online. Jesus, we thank you. You are very real. You died a very real death. And you're very much alive today. We thank you that as we close out 2020 and step into a brand new year, maybe the calendar has changed, but maybe some situations have not. But guess what? We're going to remind ourselves right now, in remembrance of you and what you've done for us, you don't change. You are faithful and you are so good. Your body was broken so that we could be made whole for every broken area of everyone's life, inside, world, and outside. We thank you. You are at work and you're gracing us to change, to grow. And God, you're at work healing even the most broken of places. We're thankful for you. We have a faith in a living God that's alive on the inside of us. Let's receive the bread. You can hold up the cup. Come around the Lord's table. We're reminded that we're in this family because Jesus went first, laid his life down on the cross, and by his blood has made us saved, renewed, and redeemed. What a sacrifice. What a savior. Maybe last year there's more things you'd want to forget than remember, but remember this. God hasn't given up on you and he won't start now. Jesus, we're thankful to be in your family. We receive this gift of a new covenant 
not based upon our works, but based upon your completion at the cross. There is grace for us today, more than enough to cover every sin and to bring us along the amazing journey you've prepared beforehand and so that we can walk in it. We're honored, amazed, blessed to be in this family of faith. It is all for Jesus. It is all because of Jesus. It is all about Jesus. And we put you first in this beginning of our year. Lord, what great things you have in store for every heart as we seek you first. In Jesus' name, let's receive of the cup. Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone in this church, over every family member, over everyone online. Lord, I thank you. You will crown their year with abundance. And as they walk along the path you prepared for them, it would drip with your blessing and your grace. Lord, I thank you. You've got special promises in store for every heart. Lord, if their faith is weak today, Lord, I thank you. You, you show up strong when we're the weakest. We are deciding ahead of time that we can't do it without you. We need you more than ever. We pray for our city. Let it be a city of salvation. Let it be a city of revival. We pray for our nation. Would you unite us around what matters the most? The cross of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you for the year ahead of us. There is more good in our future because you are a good God. We're hearing your voice clearer than ever. We're in love with your word, devoted to your ways more than ever. And we will see the goodness of our God in the land of the living in 2021. If you believe that online and in the room, can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, let's thank the team that showed up super early in the snow to lead us. Thank you guys. You can grab your seat. Gina, I'm going to give this to you. It's your present. I didn't get you anything for Christmas, but you get that communion cup there. The first Sunday of the year, coming out a most difficult year, but God is here. Happy New Year's to you, Hillsong Church. New Year's, new resolutions. How we doing on the resolutions? Come on. Some of you, that's the first carbs you've had all year right there was communion. Jesus carbs, they don't count. You know, there's normally two groups that we fall in this time of year. There's the dreamers. The optimist. How many optimists do we have in the room? Those that have big, big, audacious plans for their year. Big expectation, huge vision. A lot of times the pitfall of the optimist is they have limited action on those plans. They think about all the potential and the progress they're going to make, but many times they don't normally make a, a plan. They have a great expectation, but they don't have great execution. The other side of that coin, the other group that's around us, uh, the realist, the realist, they make really small plants. I think the pitfall of a person who's a realist is pessimism. And I think it's okay to call it as it is and to be real, to be authentic. That's wonderful. But you want to watch that you don't get into pessimism or into cynicism. And, and, and the expectation of the realist is normally not very ambitious. But when it comes to things they decided to do, they're going to do them. They're meticulous in executing the plan. Dreamers say, wow, what could happen? Wow, I can see it on the horizon. Realists say, how? How could this happen? What will happen? Dreamers say, I can see it. Realists say, we'll, we'll see what happens. My heart for us at Hillsong Church, everyone in the room, everyone online, is that we'd have a little bit of both. 
that, that God actually wants you to have a big, bold, audacious dream and desire. The Bible says he's a perfect father that gives perfect gifts. And I don't know about you, but I never would want to limit my kids. I always want my kids to dream as big as possible, but I don't want them just to be dreamers. I also want them to be doers. I want them not just to have a passion, but to have a, a plan. And so I want us to be both. I want us to dream big and then determine ahead of time our disciplines to get to the objection or to put ourselves in the place where every promise can come to pass. We need to actually build a how-to roadmap to develop ourselves and to step in with discipline to all that God desires for us because God does have a plan. Maybe you felt like 2020, that was a year that was unplanned. It was no surprise to God. And those that would listen and those that would lean in and those that would hear from heaven and those that would order their, even their emotions and their inside world according to the word of God, we might be surprised with what we're facing, but we would find a, a strength and a, a peace even in the midst of problems and struggles. God has a plan. And coming out of 2020, our mentality could be what just happened. I don't know about you. I kind of felt that way. I crawled into the new year saying, wow, what just happened? But I think the better question in this brand new year in 2021 is what does God want to happen? Not maybe frustrated because my plans didn't come to pass, but maybe I should change my expectation to say, God, everything you desire for me, put that in me. Let that become the desire of my heart because God wants something to happen in this world and he wants to work through you to accomplish it. This is the divine mystery of why God uses church. I don't mean the building. I don't mean Hillsong. I mean the people of God living for the purposes of God is that God's got the power to do it on his own, but God chooses to partner with his people to bring his plan to pass. That's a lot of peas in a row. That's why I'm the preacher here. I'm able to do things like that. Um, hopefully I can do it better next service than I just did. But if God wants something to come to pass, it starts by him putting it in our hearts. We looked at last week as we closed out the year at Stay at Home Sunday. How many loved wearing their sweatpants to church? Some of y'all still wearing your sweatpants to church. I got a New Year's resolution for you. Buy some jeans. And I talked a little bit about Hebrews eleven six that God is a, a rewarder. He's a rewarder, and yet there's a prerequisite for the reward, and that's that we've got to reach. We've got to pursue. We've got to have a diligence approach to, to go after him. He, he rewards those that diligently seek him. What does God want to happen in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your career, in your inside world, in your outside world? What does God want to happen? What's the agenda of heaven for your life? That's the question we should be asking as we enter into seven days of prayer and fasting. Not God bless my plan. No, God, I want to be blessed as I walk on your plan. I walk in your plan for my life. What's the agenda of heaven for my, our church, for my family, for our city, for humanity? God, what's your plan? I want in on that because God does have a plan and it's a good one. 
It doesn't mean it's not a plan that doesn't lead you through some problems or some struggles or some sacrifice. All of those things are in the plan of God. Jesus walked through all those things on the earth. So will we. But because he was faithful, even faithful unto death, and we're now seated with him in heavenly places, that means we can have a power that's not just our willpower. You can accomplish great things for God, not by your own grind, but by his, by his grace. So we need to have an expectation that God has a plan and then we need to be believing for the fullness of that plan to come to pass. And we need to position ourselves in that plan so that we know that we're in the place that God's called us to be. But I want everyone watching, everyone in this church family, just to raise your expectation. Let's get on that dreamer group for just a moment. Let's get the wow for a moment. The, the wow of God, I'm believing to see some things in my life and in my world that I couldn't take credit with my own effort or willpower. That this was something where your divine hand went to work and your power showed up where I didn't know how to proceed or I didn't, didn't expect that problem, but you sought a way through even when I couldn't see a way for myself. Jesus in Mark chapter 9 is talking to a father. This father has come to Jesus because he needs help. His, his son, his son is so attacked by the enemy that his son is trying to kill himself. In other words, his father is coming to Jesus because his future is in crisis. In that day and age, it was all about your lineage and your heritage. That was the expectation of if you were successful, you would pass it on to the next Generation, I think many of us need that mentality more today. And he comes to Jesus and he's on his last effort. He tried the disciples. It didn't work. And he says, if you can just do anything, Jesus. And I love Jesus' response because I don't think he's being snarky or sarcastic. He's just questioning his faith. He says, what do you mean if I can? What are you talking about if? Jesus asked anything. Anything is possible if a person believes. In other words, I've got all the power, but you've got to make a decision. Do you have the faith? And I just think every single one of us, I know we're in this Midwest mindset that we, we like what we work on and can control ourselves. But there's a kingdom mindset that says that there's a greater grace and a greater power that's made available for us just because we belong to him. And then if he's called us to something that he's going to do, he will bring the promise to pass. But we've got to have the faith to believe. So get that wow dreamer mentality back. I know it might got beaten out of you in 2020, but resurrect it today. And don't think, God, if you could do something for me, God, if no, have the faith to believe because Jesus is looking at you and saying, what do you mean if it's more about when? Because I will do my will in your life. And my will doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect life. But the end goal is pleasing and perfect. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're good ones. There might be some crisis. There might be some struggle. But if you would follow and pursue, I will reward. I will redeem. God has a plan. And the closer you are to him, the farther in life you will go. The closer you are to him, the farther in life you will go. I want to speak just for a few moments as we kick off this year. Simple title is this, as close as you want to be. You are as close to God as you want to be. You are as close to your destiny as you want to be. You are as close to his goodness as you want to be. God has put the decision in your court. 
God has decided to let you decide. Do you want more of me? Do you want more of my plan? I'm going to give you the free will to decide how close to me you want to be. You know, it's painful, but it amazes me how marriages and relationships drift apart. Like it's, it's not a proximity problem. It's a pursuit problem. It's a passion problem. Because there was one day when they said, I do face to face. They said, I do to you all the good, all the bad I am in. And they had all the passion. A lot of times in that moment, they had deep love for each other, a deep excitement for each other. Uh, They shared a lot of common dreams together. They had closeness and intimacy. And those decisions, though, aren't just built in a one day decision. They're built every day. And in fact, the distance becomes real and it separates even the point of an end of a relationship because marriage, you have all the connection you could want, but without the daily decision for that connection, there's proximity, but no intimacy. And God has given us the opportunity by his Holy Spirit, by his living word, through prayer, through connection, through community, we can be as close to him as we want to. And yet for many of us, maybe it's the struggles of 2020 or the own problems and crisis in your world, in your life. There's been a separation and a drift, but you get to decide today that I'm going to be as close to God as I want to be. And the decision is up to you in marriage. It takes two to connect. I think one normally goes first, but both have to choose in your closeness to God. He has already made the decision to be as close to you as you'll allow him. He's already said, I am all in. That's what the cross was about. I am all in. I literally will die so that you can live, so that I can live with you, so that I can be with you. He sent his Holy Spirit. It's ready and available for every believer to live on the inside of you. But he says, you're as close to me as you want to be. I've already decided to come close to you. James chapter four, verse eight says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Humble yourselves, verse 10, before the Lord, and he will lift you up. The Greek word for the second time, it says, come near. When he will come near is in Izo. I probably said that wrong, but you don't know. In Izo. And it means this. It doesn't mean, oh, once you decide, I'll decide. The word actually means extreme closeness. It, 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 it means immediate imminence. In other words, I've already said I'm there. All I'm looking at is for you to say you're there. So the God of yesterday, today, and forever, the same God who do miracles through Jesus is alive and well in you by his Holy Spirit. He's still speaking. He's still leading. He's still helping. He's still gracing. He's still empowering all the power that created the heavens and the earth is ready and available to meet with you and wants to be close to you. And he's just saying, if you'll take one step, you'll find that I am already there. Immediate imminence. I'm already as close as you'll allow me to be. I love that whole passage from the message, James four, again, this time in verse seven. So let God work his will in you. Got to let him get to work. Yell aloud, no to the devil and watch him scamper. In other words, resist the devil and he will flee. Got to love the message. Say a quiet yes to God, and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Let's just sit on that one for a moment. And New Year's resolutions, quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Got real quiet when I said the words, and I know those online were leaning in and laughing, but never mind. Quit playing the field. Go ahead and just decide we're going to hit rock bottom. 
Cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. I love this. This is the part I want you to get. Get serious. Really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. He says, I'll be there in no time. In other words, I'm already there. Immediate imminence, I'm there. Extreme closeness. I'm just looking for an open heart. I'm not looking for a perfect person. I'm looking for a person that pursues. And if you would pursue at all, you're already fine. I am proximity close, but you could be close to something, not intimate with it. You could be in the same house, sharing the same room, sharing the same bed, but not intimate, not close. And God says, I'm as close to you as you want to be to me. God desires closeness from you, listen, and for you. God desires closeness from you because he loves you. And sometimes in our, our mindset of religiosity, we don't fully believe that because we know how messed up we are. But he's so good. He's already atoned for every sin, every struggle, every, every hidden thing in your life. He already knows you completely and still loves you fully. How good is our God? He already loves you fully. In other words, you, you think you don't deserve it. He says, no, I've already paid for that. I love you right where you're at. However, I, I, I want you to be close to me because of how good it is for you. He desires closeness from you and for you. Second Chronicles 16, it says God's on the lookout. God's ranging over the earth. God is just looking for someone who says, I want to be devoted. I, I want to be fully committed. I want to be close to you. And what does he do? He's looking out over the whole earth. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at your life. He's looking at your lifestyle. He's looking at your daily decisions to draw close to him and saying, I'm just looking for someone that desires more of me so I can show myself strong on their behalf, so I can show up in their life and in their world. I think about that passage in Joshua chapter three. It won't show up on the screen, but just kind of came to my heart where they're about ready to cross over into the promised land and it says, consecrate yourself. Joshua declares to the nation, consecrate yourself. In other words, like separate yourself from the way you've been doing it. Let's do it a new way. Let's do it a God way. And if you consecrate yourself today, tomorrow, I'll do wonders among you. It doesn't say you'll do great things for me. It says, I'll do great things for you. See, God desires closeness for us not just from us. He wants to know us, us to know him, and he wants to show up with power on the other end of that decision to draw close. This is why we do seven days of prayer and fasting. It starts tonight at midnight because we believe first matters. What goes first matters. God cares about priority. God believes that first matters. Priority shows passion. Priority shows where you place your trust. This is why God says, I go first in your finances. I go first in your marriage. I go first in your thought life. I go first in your heart. I want to be first. And it's not because he's a megalomaniac that tries to make it all about him because he knows a life that says, God, you go first is a life that he can bless. And God desires so richly to bless your marriage, your life, your children, your future, your inner peace, your outer world. He cares so much about you. This is why he wants you to get your priorities in order, because what goes first truly matters. You need to understand that a year without God first is a year without God's best. And God desires the best. We've been through 2020 already. I don't know about you, but I do not want to repeat of last year. 
I need a revival from last year. I need a resurrection. I need a resuscitation from last year. And so I'm going to decide with priority through prayer and fasting. This is the very first full week of our new year. And together as a church, we're just taking a week and saying, God, you get to go first. You're my pursuit. You're my purpose. You're what I long for. You're who I want to be close to. You know, we are three parts in one. You have a a spirit. That's the part of you that's connected to God. That's the part of you that lives on for forever. In in eternity, we're going to have a glorified body. We're all going to have red hair and (laughs) just kidding. I'm going to have a tan in heaven. It's a miracle here on the earth. But we have a spirit. We also have a soul. What's your soul? It's your inner world. It's your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. It's who you are on the inside. Spirit connected to God. Your soul is your decisions that you make, the mentality that you think from, and the emotions that you experience. And none of those things are bad. It's always good to work on those things. I think after 2020, we all probably need some inner work in our soul. We need our emotions to get back in check. We need fear and anxiety to go. Uh, We probably, January 1, we're trying to work on the body a little bit. We're trying to, you know, get the old uh, waist pants a little looser that used to be tighter, or we're just going to invest in some spanks. That's your decision. I'm not here to judge. But many times we work on soul, mind, will, emotions. We work on body and we neglect spirit. And yet spirit is the priority. God's plan is for the spirit. If the spirit's good, the rest can go. Like, do your disciplines. Even the Bible says it's okay to work out. It's good for you. But don't neglect that spirit connection to God. This is priority. And you're as close as you want to be. Your spirit, the closer it gets to almighty God, the greater your life turns out. Not that all problems are solved overnight through one prayer, but in intimacy and closeness to God, he begins to do a greater work in the inside of you. Don't neglect the spirit because whatever you, you, you feed, it fuels you. And whatever is strongest in your life, it steers you. So we're taking a year, especially coming out of like December, where it's filled with like comfort food and it's filled with, with consumerism. It's filled with, and all those, and there's nothing wrong with giving gifts, nothing wrong with, with, with the, the cookies. I, I used to work at a, a Hispanic church in Southern California and they used to always give me tamales on Christmas. And sometimes I wish I could go back there just for that Sunday. There's all sorts of good in that soul and body. And yet it's the spirit that has to have priority. So what do we do? We fast. Some of you have never been on a fast. Maybe some of you are brand new in faith. Some of you have never been on a fast with us as a church. What do we, what's a fast? The fast is, the realest of fast is saying no to food. Uh, and yet I'll, I'll let you decide. I encourage you, have one thing having to do with your diet. Skip a meal at the minimum each day. Do something like that. And then we also fast other things. I'm calling a fast of social media for all of you. For all you Facebook warriors worrying about vaccines, I'm calling a fast on your life in Jesus' name. But we can unplug from that. In fact, some of you need to go ahead and search your phone and look at how much time you actually spend on those apps and, and programs. It would blow your mind. You could take that time and you could get a master's, a doctorate degree with the investment that you put in to to videos about dogs playing in the snow. And nothing wrong. We're definitely a church that utilizes social media and and it's fine and great. That's all awesome. I love that you repost all the great things that I preach and say. You're like, oh, my pastor, what a cool sweatshirt. 
but just maybe there's a better way forward for us. So what's your fast? And it's not just fasting. It's also prayer. Choose well what you fast. Don't just be the dreamer thinking you're going to get rid of everything. I remember for, for a few years, I did just water. I did water and green tea because I could never quite break the addiction to caffeine in my life. And by the way, it's just too dang cold to just drink water in Kansas City in January. But we did 21 days back in the day. We haven't limited it because we want less of God. I've limited the time because I want more of you involved. Because there's about seven of us that made it through back in the day. And I remember one year, I think it was the first year of the church. Uh, I was just water, green tea only. And I lost 20 pounds. Some of y'all got real excited about fasting all of a sudden. He's like, oh, that's great. Kickstart my diet. And I remember that morning to preach. It's supposed to be this vision Sunday, this big Sunday. And I was depleted. And so you got to use wisdom. I drank a little bit of juice. And I was driving the truck to go get the trailer. Back in the day, I used to bring the whole church along with me, like the equipment, not, not the people. Although back then, most of the people could have fit in the trailer. And I remember I, I didn't even make it. I, I, I mean, I, 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 my body said, no, not today, devil. It was a, a, a purge that happened in it was very ugly, and I realized then I got to use wisdom in pacing myself. You got to use wisdom. But I would say whatever your level of comfort was last year, stretch it a little bit more this year. Maybe you did 30 minutes in prayer. Let's do an hour. Maybe you limited a few things. Why don't we limit a few more? Why don't we? And it's not that we're trying to earn anything from God. We're just showing God that we want to be close. And you're as close to him as you desire. So what do we do with the fast and with prayer? We, we weaken the body a little bit. We get our timeline in order. We, we, we tell the soul to quiet a little bit and we strengthen the spirit. And what we strengthen will then begin to serve us as we step in to our future. And it's just good at the beginning of the year to get a hard reset. You know, when your phone freezes up, what do you do? You hit those two buttons at the same time. You know, your operating system is on the fritz and you hit the hard reset. That's what this next week is. It's we're hitting the button uh, of prayer and we're hitting the button of fasting and prayer and fasting. These are like triggers to transformation that if we can just hold it for a few moments, we get a, a new start. It, it clears out all the cash of last uh, last year and wipes everything clean. And you just get a new beginning because we've come through nine months that could wear anybody and everybody out. And there is no amount of sleep you could get that could take care of the weariness that many of us are feeling in our soul and in our body. There is no amount of stimulus checks that can give you peace of mind. You need an encounter with the living God. And this is your week. And this is your time once and for all to say, I am fully devoted to the fullness of the plan and the purpose of heaven for my life. Let's go ahead and hit reset on the previous year and be ready for the renewal and the reward of those that pursue God first. You're as close as you want to be. You're as close as you choose to be. Matthew 11, Jesus said, if you're tired of carrying heavy burdens, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus says, for I am gentle and humble in spirit. And, and, and you will find rest for your soul. So right there, it takes care of your body. If you're tired, come to me. If your soul is anxious or in knots, come to me. You'll find rest. For the yoke I share with you is easy to wear. And the load or the calling I have for you when you do it with me is light and easy. If you're fatigued, what you don't need to work on is getting more sleep. That has some benefit. What you need is to get a little bit closer to God. You need more faith. 
You need more peace. That comes from the presence of God. If you're frustrated with where you're at, that's a good thing. Psychologists say the two main reasons people change are a payoff or a reward system. You'll you'll discipline yourself if you know there's a reward. The second one is because of pain or regret. You'll make a decision because the pain comes too great for you to carry anymore. And I think it's good. Jesus says, like, if you're tired of all this, if you're tired of how it's been, if you're tired of how it's been in your inside world or in your work life or in your marriage or with your kids or with your relationships, if you're tired of the status of your soul and your body, what you need is your spirit to get connected to Jesus. And if you're fed up, I think it's good to get fed up. I'm fed up with the status of our city. I'm fed up with the brokenness and the division. I'm fed up with disunity in the American church. I am fed up with self-seeking agendas. I'm fed up, so what do I do? I'm going to choose to change. I'm not going to go and curse everything else. I'm going to lean in to the calling and the voice of God. I'm going to let him let change me. And that's how God changes the world around me. That's how God changes the world around you. Get fed up how you've been living, how it's been going. Jesus said, if you're tired of carrying these heavy burdens, what do we do? We come to him. I will give you rest. Get fed up. And then what do we do? We're coming to Jesus. Let's get some like a vision for our future, a frustration from our past. Choose not to live in complacency any longer. And then I'm going to come closer to Jesus. How do we do that? We do that through prayer. We do that through fasting. We're also doing that through our daily Bible reading plan. Uh, You might think it's just a few chapters a day, but what it really is, is a discipline and an honor for the living word of God. And you'll begin to direct your steps and illuminate the path before you. And guess what? You're just a few chapters behind if you haven't started in with this yet. I want you to think of this. When I open up my Bible, I'm spending time with Jesus. John 1, he's the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. So as soon as you open up that Bible, it's like, this is my time with Jesus. And it changes the way you think about it. I'll be honest with you. Some of the things you read, they're crazy. Some of the things you read are also a little boring. Today's Bible reading, if you followed it along in Genesis, we got through the lineage of Adam to, to, to Noah. And of course, there's that cool part about Enoch in there where he just disappears. But besides that, it's pretty boring. But then if you flipped over the New Testament today, there was a surprise for you. Because guess what? Jesus fasted and prayed and defeated the enemy in temptation. Oh, wait, guess what? I'm fasting and praying starting tonight. And just like Jesus had victory for 40 days for the next seven days, I'm going to experience victory in my life. The word of God will speak to you when you work it into your life and into your world. And I just love the idea of us as a church all getting on the same page, literally and spiritually in unity to what God is saying to us. We're fed up. We come to Jesus. This is a big one for many of us. We give up control. He says, I need you to take on this yoke. What's a yoke? I'm not a farmer. In fact, back in the day, we used to say, oh, that guy's yoked. Like, no one has ever said that about me. But 2021, I'm coming for it. Hey, what's a yoke? It's, it's for beast of burden. It helps them fulfill the job of their purpose, to plow the field, to carry the cart, to move things from one point to the next. And what do you do? You yoke up two things that are, 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 are equal. 
And when you put them together, they can go farther, they can go faster. One doesn't get worn out, they work together. And what Jesus is saying, hey, the great calling I've put on you is gonna come alive when you get close to me. And my yoke, in other words, Jesus says, I'm already in this thing with you. I'm already been pulling your destiny, your future, your purpose. I've been trying to pull it out of you. And if you would just get in a line under my control and under my calling, we're going to be teamed up in this thing. And you're not going to have to pull it alone. I'm going to do it with you. It's going to be light and easy. And we're going to go farther and faster and further into the beautiful God future than you could ever even have dreamed about because I'm in this thing with you. And when we look at our disciplines, like prayer and fasting and reading the word. We look at those things like, oh, that's going to be heavy. It's too much. And Jesus says, no, no, no. What I've called you to, I've graced you for. It's light and easy if you'll do it with, with me. The yoke shares and lightens the load. I love this from the New Living, Matthew eleven thirty. 30. It says, for my yoke fits perfectly. This is a perfect fit for you to be teamed up with Jesus in your 20 it is a perfect fit. So through fasting these next seven days, what are we doing? We're forcing a regime change in our inside world. We are, we are not the Lord of our own life or any other. No, no, no. He goes first. He gets the glory. He gets the first say. He gets the last say. He gets all the praise, all the honor. I'm not in this thing for myself. I am in this thing for all that Jesus has for me. He can take on your problems and your pain. Psalm 55, verse 22. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and help you out. When I'm yoked with Jesus, we move together the same direction, the same pace. Sometimes by faith, he's going to speed you up out of your comfort zone into that place of calling. Sometimes when you're ambitious and passionate about something that it's a wrongful pursuit in that time and season, he's going to slow you down. Galatians 5 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's going to keep us, this is the way we live. This is the way we, we actually live on the earth that matters for all eternity is how much we can walk closely with Him by our Spirit being connected with the Spirit of the living God. Romans 3 verse 28, our lives get in step with God by letting Him set the pace. Jesus says, you come to me. I am gentle and I am humble in heart. We're not just fasting. We're praying. Please tune into prayer. If you can, show up to prayer. Saturday, we're praying on the plaza. Sunday night it is a heart and soul like others. It's a time of worship. It's a time of prayer. We started this week just now with communion. We're going to end that week on uh, next Sunday night with communion. I believe there are miracles, signs, and wonders, breakthrough and change and growth, a word for your year that God wants to speak to your own heart because you've been living off someone else's faith or faithfulness for far too long. You need your own closeness to Him. We're praying. Praying is not a button to be pushed. It's a, it's a relationship to be pursued. You're going to be closer to God this year. Prayer changes everything. Changes some of the things around us, but more than anything, it changes inside of us. We begin to change. I believe God has something great. You are as close to God as you want to be. I don't know about you. I want to be as I want to be closer than ever. I want to know his voice more clearly, more intimately, more close than I ever have.
I'm end on a story, and then we're going to worship for a moment. I'm going to pray for you. When Jesus was facing his last night on the earth before the cross the next day, and he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. If you grew up in church, you know the story. And he invites three people, his inner three, his closest friends with him, Peter, James, and John. And this is when Jesus is in deep need and deep anguish of the soul, and they just keep falling asleep on him. I mean, more than once. And we look back at it and be like, man, how could they? You know what I love about that story? Although they might have disappointed Jesus in that moment of his need, he still uses them mightily in the future. These are the apostles of the church. Peter was the leader of the church. And yet he left Jesus hanging where Jesus wanted him to be close, to be connected, to be engaged. This is good news for us because if you've fallen asleep in your spirit, if your faith is deserted over time, if you've been drifting away from God's first desires, guess what? By the grace of God, He's gonna use you. He's gonna do something new. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose. But you've got to wake up and want to be closer to Him. And when you make that decision, let's just make it right here and now. We want more of Him. Then we will see more of His power, His grace, and His peace in our future. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's lean in. I want to pray for you. As we kick this week off, I'm believing for God-ordained moments and encounters for change to begin to happen in you and around you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've called us close to you. We don't have to live separated another moment. Our sin can't stop us. Our shame can't stop us because you've paid for it completely on the cross. Lord Jesus, I'm thanking you ahead of time for this church to be more spiritually fervent and on fire than ever before, to be more filled with your spirit, alive to your presence. Let your voice be the loudest guidance in our inside world. Holy Spirit, we're coming after you. We are going to show ourselves devoted to you. And we thank you where we fail, where we mess up. Your grace is sufficient. Where we're weak, you are strong. And we're leaning into the power of your presence right here, right now. I pray a holy week consecrated and devoted for the very best year that we've ever experienced up to this point because we're putting you first in every area of our life in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's worship together.